Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. It's the 11th of May, 2023. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. And it is um, a week that's absolutely dominated by yesterday's major Google event, Google I.O. Um, I was going to make a um, <laughs> stupid old McDonald had a farm joke, AI, I.O., but it just, it just didn't work out, right? Um Christine, uh, I, I could give a long introduction on Google I.O., or we could just jump right in. There are just a million um, AI-influenced things that have come out of Google I.O. Um, before we jump into the AI-influenced things that came out of Google I.O., is there anything that isn't AI-influenced that came out of Google I.O.? I, I don't think so, actually. Okay. <laughs> I so guess we got that the, new phone, the new phone. The new flip phone. There okay. you go. Uh, the new flip. Google Google's introducing a new flip phone. Oh, is it? Is this oh, for like a oh. uh, 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 generation um, <laughs> the years who just don't want to dump it, dump themselves into a toxic uh, info environment? No, that was my tired brain because I played this game called Blood on the Clock Tower till three a.m. Okay. <laughs> Night in person, not even online. Uh, a fold phone. I call them flip phones because the fold phones, the ones that fold in half. Oh, I want one of those so bad. They look so those, those look so cool. Actually, though, sadly, friends of mine have had them. They break. So we'll yeah, see if this uh, one survives. But apparently, the one big thing on this is if you're watching a video on the front and you open it up, it'll expand to the full phone when it's unfolded. That's so, pretty cool. Okay, yeah. so Google I.O. happened. This is Google's um, annual big event where they introduce to the world all the new cool stuff that's either coming to Google search or coming to an Android uh, device near you. And um, as with all things in 2023, all things Google IO were um, with all things AI. So um, I guess the verge probably summed up the, uh, the afternoon with um, the nine biggest announcements from Google I.O. in 2023. Um, the biggest one of those uh, relating to Google search is probably AI-powered snapshots. Um, what is, uh, it's hard to, it, there's so many um, things that are going to be introduced under the search generative experience, SGE. Let's start with uh, snapshots. What is that? Well, um, <laughs> how do you describe this? Because it's like a visual more than it is a description. So um, Google has a, will have a new feature called search generative experience. Uh, apparently you'll opt into it and because they're gonna, it's a test and experiment right now. I don't think it'll stay that way if they decide to go through with it full time, full everywhere. Uh, but you'll see AI powered answers at the top of your search results, basically, if you've used Bing chat, there's a big box at the top and you can use the chat there to 
um, ask something. People have to be aware this is not search retrieval. This is the next most likely word in a sentence. So um, it's what they're going to do is you're going to type in something and it's going to give you a response and it's going to give you some uh, contextual links that they pull up at the same time. And that's going to be this big experience at the top of the page, which is going to, of course, affect everything SEO-wise because it takes a pretty vast amount of real estate on the page. So this is going to be run by um, uh, 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 the updated version of, okay, is that, and then, listeners, please feel free to correct Christine or I if we're wrong about this, because this is all coming very, very quickly. But this is the new updated version of BARD, which is like um, Palm 2, a very, much larger language model. Um, mm -hmm which is now open and available to everybody. Google Labs had, since I think spring of last year, um, a, a long waiting list to um, get access to, to look at and work with BARD. I think that just became, that they just dropped the waiting list yesterday. Um, and um, as Christine mentioned, pretty much every aspect of Google search is going to be affected with the drawing of information or displaying of information that was generated through AI. The question is, what is that information and how is it generated? What's going to look like? What's Google trying to represent? Um, you said something earlier, Christine, about Google trying to look for a younger demographic, trying to appeal to younger people. Yeah, there is a, a, a myth. <laughs> that uh, somebody, I think at Google put out, if I remember correctly, that TikTok was like taking over search. Well, there's no other data that shows it's actually true. People on TikTok will search TikTok, not TikTok. Oh my gosh. Uh, TikTok will, um, will search for things like opinions or recipes or things like that. But it, it wasn't where people were going to generally search for things, according to the data I read and the younger people I've talked to in uh, classrooms uh, at, my, at the university here. So, uh, so, but apparently Google has decided, and we'll get into that in a minute, in, in something called perspectives, and like started adding like TikTok style videos. I keep saying TikTok, TikTok style videos, and uh, into the into the, the results, into these. They call them snackables. So, snackables. And by, by, yeah. Where are these being uh, drawn from? Like, where, where, where's Google getting this from? Well, do we want to get into perspectives now, or do we want to wait? And oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, that's <laughs> that's the problem with with the problem with a massive bulk of announcements like this is they all pile on top of each other. We're not actually able to see what they look like in the real world yet. Because if you go to Google.com, nothing has changed. The announcement was just made yesterday, um, and um, even though the SEO experts are all jumping into the fray, um, explaining how this, that, and whatnot is going to work. The honest truth is, I don't think any of us actually know. No, no, they don't. Nobody does. A lot of people, first of all, if you're an SEO, please go learn how these models work because I see a lot of misinformation because people don't know how the models work, like Palm and ChatGPT, things like that, uh, because people often mistake it for search information retrieval, which it's not. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to get in there because we skipped up over it, uh, is that uh, this will not appear, the chat will not appear on every search. It'll appear on 
some searches, and they're not really clear. Yesterday, some SEOs were saying e-commerce searches, and others were saying informational. So I'm not sure if there's a final um, determination on that. But they do have a tab button at the top that says Converse when you look at the page. Now, I don't know if that's in replace of the All button, uh, and when you look at the top of the search page. But yeah, so we like you said, we don't know how all this is going to work in real life. <laughs> But right now, it looks like it's going to be a pretty massive part of the page, take up a lot of room. So. Okay, so when you do a search, say for travel options, there's a good deal of information that Google can draw from to fill in um, it the 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 the, the, the um, search generative experience area. There's bound to be innumerable photographs and video. Um, so you say, say you want to go to Whistler, Whistler British Columbia, a, a, a well-known ski resort. There are innumerable experiential um, user-generated content out there from videos to, of, of, of the mountain, um, uh, skiing, uh, ski guide, uh, instructionals, anything you could possibly imagine, lifetime weather reports, anything that's important to skiers, Google will be able to draw and fill in this area. Um, I have no idea where oh. they're going to draw it from or what it's going to be, but I can imagine <laughs> there's a great deal of stuff to go there, including yet, commercial information. And yet there's only three items in the box. So there's search results under the box, but in the box there are three items as currently shown. Okay. The other thing that's weird to me, I should just say unusual, is when you see Google uh, I.O. video on this, uh, they're not typing in search queries, they're typing in prompts. And I'm not sure how many people are going to understand how to write a prompt. So it's like, instead of like uh, the what I'm looking at right now, it's about Bryce Canyon, going to Bryce Canyon. And instead of like Bryce Canyon, you know, like hotels or information, it's what's better for a family with kids under three and a dog in Bryce Canyon, blah, 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 blah. And that's a well, prompt. Well, and I think, I think, I, I think that it's likely that people will start to change um, how they write queries and their expectations back from a search. And in, in fact, it's likely people will start learning um, what types of words trigger different types of um, AI-generated results. Um, you remember how, how um, say, four or five years ago, if you use the word B-U-Y, buy, in your search query, where do I buy batteries? You'd likely get local search results popping up. Mm -hmm. no. um, I imagine that there will be ways to trigger different types of AI generated search. What's the right word? Because you're right. I don't like the word results not, for this. Yeah, um, it's not results. It's basically, it's just AI generated text with a separate process that brings in contextual items like images, video, and links. Well, and again, in the case of um, what's the weather like at the top of Whistler Mountain right now, that's great. It's wonderful because it, you can show me exactly what was put up into the great internet cloud in the last hour. Um, that could actually be quite helpful. Um, but if I'm looking for a uh, specific comparative search on different types of hex bolts for an industrial application, that mightn't be as useful. I mightn't get it, get the wide breadth of information. 
but as I've said before, it'd probably get a lot of good starting points for serious research. Yeah, maybe. So I'm going to point back to a result from a friend of ours, and he and I've used this once before on here, and that was after the Academy Awards, he was wondering why uh, Maverick did not get an award for CGI. And he did a, a Bing chat result, right? Went in and asked about it. And because it's a generative text model, not an information retrieval model, uh, it just said all the things about the awards and how they're done and who's won the CGI and, and blah, 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 right? It didn't say to him, well, Maverick was filmed live, most of it. It was filmed from the planes, flying, real flying, right? So he didn't learn that information. So on a personal level, I have kind of a contention with using these in search because they, they get the most common words, common thoughts, common ideas out, but not the breadth and the depth of the detail that you would get if you did a search and you were looking through the results to try to find something to match what you were looking for, right? Because you might see other sites, you might get another idea, you might get, you might get more depth from somebody who wrote a really good article about it. So these are very generalized answers. And, and they're not, see, I, you know, I struggle too. I don't know what the language is yet we're going to use for this because it's not really an answer. It's well, just a response to a prompt. Well, and they're trying to get people to write really detailed prompts. Like this one is, what's better for a family with kids under three and a dog in Bryce Canyon, blah, 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 right? And what is that going to do with your keyword research tools? Well, again, how people are going to be um, crafting their keyword queries is going to be, uh, it's going to change fa fairly rapidly, I would think, just as much as um, voice search changed keyword changed the composition of keyword queries when people became very conversational about it. Um, now, voice search didn't take off the way that um, AI generated uh, content or <laughs> AI generated search experiences is going to take off given that Google is making a AI generated search experience part of every search experience in the future. Well, not every, but most. Well, like okay, when you say not yeah. every, when will it not be? And how will it not be? We don't know yet. We just know that they said it's not going to be on every search. So some people yesterday thought it was informational only. Some people that I read said it was e-commerce. So it's really hard to tell. My guess would be it's not going to be on things like your money or your life queries and i could be wrong because we don't know but llm models large language models often hallucinate which means making stuff up because it is a language model not a retrieval model so if you're going to tell somebody about their heart attack you want to make sure that is not going to be wrong so we'll see but i have a feeling they would stay away from your money or your life queries with this but they may not they may be so confident in their tech that they think that they won't tell somebody the wrong information on how to save their life when they're having a heart attack. But, uh, but I don't know. So I think e-commerce are the safest for them, right? Or like, you know, information like, you know, this one on Bryce Canyon, that's a safe one. Uh, but I think there's gonna be an internal discussion on where is it safe legally, I'm talking about legal issues, uh, to put this box on the top of search. And that, I mean, that brings up a whole host of questions uh, and a yeah. whole host of host of ethical questions. Um, chief among them, uh, uh, where does where on the internet does a um, individual have an expectation of privacy? Um, what under what conditions will what types of media? Be used to train future language models. Um, incidentally, 
if um, Google's language models uh, are are they being trained on the new web? Are they being trained on new content? Um, yes, Palm is. Palm is able to do that. So. Okay, so I got I have a client in the uh, sports and recreation um, uh, niche in, in niche in category. They're actually a, a large retailer, and they put up like fifty to hundred new product pages daily. Um, Google's going to be training. Google's new models are training on that new content. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Those so, come in product feeds, so they'll probably have that information. But it's still, it's still really hard. To, we don't know enough yet, right? Because this all for anyone who's listening to the show, this all dumped uh, yesterday. So, so then, that leads yeah, to the magic question, right? Yeah. What are you gonna do about that? This is happening. Um, as an SEO, what do you do? What's 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 the best thing to do? Um, for your clients, um, how how to best get this information to? I, I want my my clients' sports and recreation products to appear in AI generated uh, search experiences because that probably means more clicks. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe not. But if if it gets yeah. my client more attention in any way. Because they sell stuff, they sell physical products that you need to purchase from their URL. Um, if I can trigger their shopping cart one more time a day, they make a lot of money. Yeah, the question is how much are they going to decrease clicks from the rest because of the addition of the big box on top, people getting stuck in the box and not leaving it. Only three results showing up in the box that may well, not have anything to do with your product. Yeah, like, but the search user, search user came to Google for a reason. They're not going to put up with getting with falling into some stupid black hole, information black hole that they can't get out of. They're going to go well, to Bing instead. They're going to get a Bing. I, my personal prediction is Bing is going to get a little bit of an increase out of this change, but we'll see. Which uh, is funny because Bing was supposed to get a little bit of an increase out of their introduction of yes. uh, AI. They did not. <laughs> They've got a massive increase in cost because apparently it's using people are using the chat so much, which is what I was talking about about not getting clicks, that um, they're running out of GPU. GPU is the <laughs> memory that they use for this, right? Y'all so, have a scorecard to keep up, right? Bing is running out of GPU to handle <laughs> the chat box, right? Which is where in terms for people that have websites can become a problem because people might not get out of those chat boxes thinking they're getting real answer from information retrieval like search which or not and uh, your your 10 links below or whatever's below that box never get seen well, so that's a real I think it's a real it's, it's not a threat to search so much I mean it's a threat to search of course but I mean SEO but I think it's a threat to to people who have websites because we go to websites. We're not going to stop going to websites to get stuff, right? And when Amazon became this big behemoth, a lot of people stopped going to people's websites. And they go through Amazon, and then people have to mm -hmm. pay a cut to Amazon. So, and I think it was what? What? It was, I'm not sure it's the same now. Wasn't it like 60 or 70 percent of e-commerce was going through Amazon? Oh, I'm actually, like I don't know the same. stat, but I knew it was quite high. And and, and yeah, it I absolutely think. changed the face of e-commerce and, and and how we, how we relate to the client cycle or the buyer cycle. Absolutely. So people come in and they get this chat box and they think it's a real search result because they're not going to, I mean, people in our industry don't understand it's not a search result. So people, regular people are never going to catch on to that. And they don't leave it unless they need to find a product or something like you were saying, they're going to look for a product. They're going to leave the box to find the product. But what happens to all those websites? So, okay. So 
this 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 show was recorded on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Okay? Good to say that. <laughs> at 2 p.m. Eastern. Let me tell you how I spent my morning. <laughs> <laughs> I work with a large team of developers and uh, also a fairly large stable of well-known brand names. Um, so I've been uh, on meetings or in in text chats with uh with groups of devs and with uh actual ecom clients all of them wanting to know basically the same thing how is this going to affect us the devs worrying about their jobs actually and the uh, clients well <laughs> worrying about their clicks worrying about selling stuff um to the devs you know i explained this this is an amazing resource tool but if you're a junior dev you're probably not going to lose your job today because this resource tool doesn't understand the nuances of the various websites platforms uh templates etc that we're all working on um uh, uh uh two uh magento builds could be completely different from each other even though they're using the relatively the, the, the same platform um chat he doesn't get that right um, the developers themselves, they honestly understand it because they've stubbed their toe on everything they could possibly stub their toe on while working in Magento. <laughs> Similarly, with uh, with clients, the only thing they want to know is, is this going to sell me more product or not? Yeah, and that's a question we won't know until it's implemented, but I'm unfortunately going to guess not for a lot of searches. When that big box shows at the top and people get lost and then New tech of talking to the computer, not realizing it's just a large language model. Uh, I think people are, are not going to go and click, and we'll so, see. I so mean, you'll see massive drops pretty quick. So, so content people, um, if ChatGPT doesn't take this from you, and, and incidentally, I don't think it will, because there's craptastic content and there's really good content, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, John Mueller had some comments on that. Um, I don't think it's going to displace you either immediately, but, 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 but content people think about this. If searchers are writing chat or writing prompts for the AI bots for the, for AI to, um, return information to them, um, maybe content writers need to write prompts for people who are looking at their content through an AI generated experience. Like Christine said, it doesn't guarantee you the click because you're not actually on the website. But and it's, and it's not pulling information from your website or any website specifically. It's just writing text based on what it's trained on. So is there a way that you can write even more persuasively? That's I, I can't think of another tool besides your own guile and craft to um, get your messages into this environment. Yeah, and, and I guess that might be a nice lead into the helpful content update that's going to be coming soon because when Google put out helpful content, it's targeting you providing valuable information outside what everybody else already writes about. Which so is this, is this the, the Muellerism, the great Muellerism of the week? No, this is just that there's going to be an update, and this goes along with perspective, so we could lead well, into that from here. Actually, can but, we go over the Muellerism first? Because I actually think sure. that this might sort of cover 
the next two topics and give a, a good ex explainer for them. Sure, sure. Although I think the Muellerism is more about links, but we'll talk about that. Well, go ahead. High go quality ahead. content might still be of low value to the web, was what yeah. John Mueller said in, in response to a to a fairly a fairly good user question. Um, and uh, I think what he meant was if you're writing about something that everyone's written about, lawyers in Atlanta, um, personal watercrafts in Texas, um, you know, something there's a hundred million gajillion pages about bathtubs. Um, and you wrote great content. I mean, it's great content. <laughs> but there's already a plethora of great content about this subject. What are you bringing to the table? What are you and adding he, to the conversation? And he definitely does refer to that a lot of the time. And I think that's definitely true. And that's we get into the helpful content updates. And I I, that's, think... that's something I think helpful. That's what I wanted. That's the only point I wanted to in relation to helpful is I think that's actually a component to helpful is what are you bringing to the table? But the response that he had in that article was in response. You have to go to Twitter to see it. There was a response to someone asking about a site with uh, quantity bank link backlinks versus quality content with no backlinks. So when he says high quality content with a lot of information for users, but still low value for the web to me says he was saying, I'm not gonna say links because we don't do that at Google anymore, but um, that valuable to the web would mean that people are linking to your content. Well, yeah, people, uh, Google's always said if, uh... You want to see how the web values your content, um, the amount of links coming in. And incidentally, this is their signal for there's really good stuff here. Exactly. So that's what I think he was referring to without saying it, because, you know, Google won't tell people that links are important anymore. So, so I accept Gary sometimes. So well, I think he was saying that you can have high quality content, but if nobody's linking to it, it's not valuable to the web because we You don't know what? Value. Let's put both those thoughts together. Yeah. You can have high quality content. But if it ain't saying anything new, it's simply not saying anything new. And chances are, if it's not, it ain't getting the links. That's How's true. that? <laughs> That's true. Or you're not getting it seen by people. But yeah. Well, yeah. And, then it, and, 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 even, and even if it is being seen, if it's if it's not adding anything to the explanation quality, let's say. Again, I hearken back to the contract that almost drove me crazy as a as a as a contract as a content writer the fabulous bathtub campaign where I literally had to write um, over 80, 80 different brands with multiple sub brands of bathtub. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> no, horrible. It drove me crazy. Honestly, it drove me, you know, pushed me over the edge because there's only so much you can say. Um, anyhow, I, 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 most of that content did not add informational value to the rest of the web. Well, and that's why I say, and, and we can move into the helpful content update here. Helpful content. So last year, um, before helpful content was released, but there are already AI writers out there. Um, John told somebody who was asking him on Twitter about their site. And he's like, you can't just have good quality content and good tech and links. You have to have useful content, which is not basically what, every, not every, what everybody's saying, right? And then the helpful content update came out about two months later. And if you read the guidelines of the helpful content update, it is targeting not just AI content, but it's, if you read it, it's targeting things AI can't do. 
like personal experience and adding insights and your thoughts, right? And AI can't do that. So I think that because they're going to be inundated with AI moderate, you know, mediocre content, but it'll read well enough to users that this helpful thing is really big. Like you have to make sure that your content has something useful outside of what everybody else is saying about it. You know, unless of course you're probably a medical site because they all say the same things because it's health. <laughs> but, uh, but you have to add like, if you got hit by the product review update, uh, I forget when it was, um, you, you could get hit because you didn't have personal experience in there with the product, whether it was an expert or whether it was someone who used it, whether it was a user leaving a comment, uh, a review, you had to have that personal take to it. And that's something that AI cannot do. So I think it's going to be more and more important that you do have that kind of aspect on any content you really hope to rank and do well. And uh, then in addition, the new helpful content update that's coming out, I don't know exactly when, it's coming soon, a couple months. Uh, they're also going to find content in unexpected or hard to find places. This is a direct quote from Danny Sullivan, search liaison uh, from Google. Uh, we're also improving how we rank search results overall. Helpful information often lives in unexpected or hard to find places, a comment, a forum thread, a post on a little known blog or an article with expert, unique expertise on the topic. Our helpful content ranking system will soon show more of the hidden gems on search, particularly when we think they'll improve the results. And remember, helpful content is a machine learning algorithm and the first one in, in, that has a ranking factor, ranking signals. So I think that's interesting. I also think when we talk a little about ethics, I think there's a little bit ethical issue here because I went on a site and I didn't know Google could surface this information and I went and made a comment on a forum or, you know, on a blog or I, uh, you know, wrote, a, wrote something in whatever platforms they're going to go into because we'll get into perspectives and perspectives is kind of in, like related to this. And uh, now suddenly it's in search in the big old chat box or something. Um, so, um, yeah. From this point forward, um, with AI uh, jumping into uh, information uh, generation, um, and given that uh, AI is trained by stuff it finds, in this case, in Google's case, on the live web, um, no matter where you're putting it, heck, if it's in a dating site, if it's in a fetish site, if it's in something that has no index, no follow, all over the uh, uh, source, all over the, the head section, don't expect you're in a private place any, for any longer, like just users. Yeah. You have no expectation of privacy, even in the most private place on the web now. Well, there is a certain, there is one barrier, and that is if you are behind a login, like if you have your Facebook stuff set to public, that could be scraped. If you have your Facebook stuff set to private, it can't be scraped by Google. There's no way for Google to get to it. So if you're logging into something and that information is not available publicly, like other people can't just find it, then you're likely safer. But of course, you're never totally safe. It's online, it's online. But uh, definitely, uh, and we probably have different opinions about this, but I definitely think it's a little bit of a violation and invasion of people's lives to suddenly start surfacing things they had no idea could surface from little known unknown places. But interestingly enough, this is another quote from Google, they're gonna roll out an update to the system that more deeply understands content created from a personal or expert point of view. By the way, Google does not mean you have to be an expert, it just means that you write with expertise, allowing us to rank more of this information, useful information on search. What does that sound like? 
That's like, we don't want AI content. We're going to try to find content written by humans that we know wrote it. That's why you would go to blogs and comment forums and stuff like that. But I also think there's an ethical line here that they might be crossing. So we'll see. I think there's going to be a bunch of ethical lines that Google's going to cross. And I will agree with you 100%. They probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. But I don't, um, I, I, I think we've seen with, with all, with, all search engines behaviors and not just Google's. Um, in fact, Google, <laughs> we complain about Google so much, but they've actually been among the uh, more straightforward and transparent actors in the space. And that's not really saying much because <laughs> um, Google has not been entirely straightforward and transparent, but relative to all the other players, Google's been quite opaque. Um, um, Google's been phenomenal, but uh, um, and then they've been trying to be very, and this is the frustrating thing. I think Google's been trying to be responsible, as, as, as you've been saying all along, but they've been pushed into a position where they must run with the pack or risk getting, uh, falling behind it. Um, and so a lot of mistakes are going to get made. And by the way, folks, uh, people interested in not only their own information environment, but their clients, a lot of mistakes are going to get made. I think Google is going to be looking to personalize. Because remember, every time you have a conversation with a um, language model chat bot, it's not a, a uh, how to say this, the conversation continues. Well, it's not just that, it's that the conversation continues over time. It's not a one and done conversation. Um, I ask for stuff about hockey because I love hockey. Google remembers all of that. It remembers that I asked about skates. It remembers that I asked about a stick. It starts to assume that I want shin pads. Um, Unless you turn personalization off, which I do. Well, yeah, but still, yeah. it's I still get still, a little, but not that heavy. So, but it's still with AI. It's a, it's a. Um, I I use u.com quite frequently, and I have this long conversation going with uh, with their chatbot. Um, and. Well, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the point is, it's modeling its responses to information I gave it weeks or even months ago. Yeah, the the most of the chats will retain that information, so you can continue this later, like ChatGPT does. I believe Bing does. I don't know, hundred percent sure. Um, you do have to remember when you're putting information in there, you are being used for training. So, like we've covered before, Samsung put in you know, proprietary information, didn't realize it went into the, the training system and then it couldn't be taken out. Uh, ChatGPT is going to offer an interesting way to get you out of that. If you use it in your, like your company and you pay them, they will make sure that your stuff doesn't get into the training model. It's kind of interesting. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's an interesting revenue model, right? Hey, your private proprietary information may get into our system, but if you pay us, uh, we will pretend, we'll prevent that. Actually, you know what, I'm, I'm actually thinking that the, 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 there's there's a bunch of edge cases where um, people just didn't react to information. Well, then thinking the person who, who was driven to suicide after a talk with uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with chat GPT. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, if they remember, if, if they're remembering this stuff, see what really, the holy grail of search has always been personalization. My entire career, even 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 in the late nineties, uh, early two I hate the idea of personalization. Well, I, I hate it too. I I I, I find it. Um, 
a very challenging and difficult idea, but it's still always been the holy grail. I don't doesn't mean to be doesn't, yes, doesn't yeah. be a good thing, but it's what it's what the engines have been chasing after. They want to make sure that you have the best personal experience possible, mostly so that they can please advertisers. Yeah, because um, we're going to show a little bit of our age here. But you remember the early days when none of this existed. And you get on the internet and you do a deep dive and you learn so much because one link would take you to another thing that you had never heard of before. And then you read that and then you go to the next thing. And with personalization, we create these digital funnels where we just reinforce what we already know or we already believe or whatever we already do. And you're not exposed to that. And so I find it just personally, I don't want that. I want to be exposed to new things and different thoughts and different products that I never would have thought of before. So and, I turn it off. Well, and this is why I really want to remind uh, listeners that when you do start retrieving information through a gener an AI-generated experience, it's not drawing info based on what you just told it moments ago. It's drawing info based on the entire history of what you've told it. And to me, this is the closest the engines have gotten to actually personalizing an experience. And it worries me that we may be training the search engines to create our own individual personal silos. More, oh, so, more yeah. so than we've done as demographic groups, as cohorts of things, or however you want to phrase us. Well, and Google has a lot of information on you. Remember, they used to let us see it, and then it freaked people out, so they kind of pulled that back. Like, I could go into Google and see, like, my Twitter connections. Well, what? Google has a fire hose, so it knows who I know on Twitter, like, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. but, but, but definitely, I think you're definitely right, and I think it's a concern. And I think that also people need to be really careful about using... Um, I'm just talking on a personal level when I'm even talking, you know, search or tech. I'm um, using all these tools to shortcut process. So I saw one today that Google's putting out where it's going to go through your thing and create your slideshow, right? When you do a do a talk or you need to give a presentation. When I do my presentation, when I talk and you talk, as you know too. Um, that slideshow lets me examine my thoughts, challenge my thoughts, do some more research, realize where I had ga gaps, blah, 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 right? I am using my brain. If you start using AI to do everything for you, guess what you're not using anymore? Your brain, right? Well, you know, you know what they found that from people just using Google Maps? This is new research that came out a couple of weeks ago. That brain, your brain cognitive function diminishes as you get older if you're using Google Maps all the time, or not just Google Maps, whatever device it is. Your, your, your Garmin uh, navigation device yeah. in your car. Any navigation device where you're no longer thinking about the map yeah, they, 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 they lose completely lose uh, uh, spatial capacity. Exactly, but they found that actually affects you as you get older and your brain, uh, your cognitive decline or cognitive non-decline. That one thing has been affecting people's brains. So imagine when people start doing all AI stuff, like yeah. you're not learning anymore. You're not following that next link. You're not examining your thoughts. You're not challenging yourself. You're not looking at new things, especially these tunnels. That would make it even worse, right? So I do think people need to be aware that when you start using these and heavily relying on them to not think, that your brain's not thinking. So just my personal well, thought for the day, you know. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was P.T. Barnum or Wanamaker who, uh who uh, 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 suggested that it's it's uh, never wise to bet against the willful stupidity of the general public. 
Um, <laughs> people, people are, people are going to do this because they, because they don't want to think. But some people are going to rise, are literally going to become the information purveyors, but because they won't. Um, think about, think about people like Barry Schwartz. He puts out a massive, massive, just yeah. an incredible amount of information every day, more so than anybody in the industry. Industry, um, <laughs> actually, more so than anybody in the industry. Period. Uh, so impressive, yeah. Like I just, I read all his articles today about IO, and he's got everything covered in like as fast as it came out. Because he is extraordinary at what he does, and he's yes. been doing it for nigh on twenty years now to become that extraordinary. I, AI can replicate, um, AI can do a really good facsimile of Barry, but it ain't the real thing. And the quality is simply not going to be there. And for people who um, don't learn to uh, uh, read a number of different sources and assimilate that into um, a uh, corpus of thought, um, well, You'll be relying on people who can do that, and they'll be feeding the information systems that create the AI-generated um, content that you're learning from. Period. That's how yeah. that's how it's going to work. And don't get me wrong; I'm not against using AI or ChatGPT or, or any of this as an assistive device. Unfortunately, I see a lot of conversation about using it instead of you doing work. Oh, you're work. against you're against the dumbing down of society. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's totally exactly clear. What I'm against. Yeah. Um, yeah, but here's the, the thing, the society wants that, it's easier. They're lazy. Yeah, but that, that doesn't mean we should give it to them. Well, <laughs> yes, it does, because someone's going to. Look at what the funnels did, right? Yeah. The funnels created all this divisiveness in the world because we're all in our our little ideological funnels online. Yeah. Um, now you're going to add to that uh, personalized search ideological yes. funnels with not having to think through concepts. So. That's very, 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 very possible. Um, so the the question then again becomes how do, just as the question is today, how does um, thinking society respond to that? Um, we haven't got the answer yet or we'd have, <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> but, but I can assure you, people are thinking about it. And by the way, speaking of answers, uh, uh, I, I would be weary of anybody who has like written long missives on how to apply all this to your life to search or whatever, because we don't know how any of this works yet. It's not live. We haven't got any experience with it. So look for the people that take a little time to publish what they're publishing, other than like Gary, who's I mean, Barry, who's reporting. That's totally different. Isn't but, uh, itself saying this is all experimental? We don't, we don't know what's going to happen? Yes, it does say you have to opt in and has calling it experimental. So, and, and the truth is Google has to see if they'll lose all their ad money. They still still rely, I think it's 84, 85% of all their funding for everything, Alphabet included, comes from ad revenue. Yeah. And if this starts getting rid of ad revenue, well, you know, that's going to go away really fast. Or no, it's no, going to no. go on a side tab. Again, um, I suspect if they do it right, if they get um, the kind of information I think they're really going to start getting about people's uh, use habits, um, and don't, don't, because AI isn't just about like uh, mining um, the information, the, the web for information to uh, serve people. AI is also about mining people for the information they're serving you, right? <laughs> like um, Google is going to slice and dice its, uh, its user base in so many creative and interesting ways in the very, 
as we speak. I think that the ad experience actually is going to be enhanced and probably much more interesting for users. That's true, but we'll see if people click on it because if they're stuck in that chat box, then they're not going to be clicking on things. Well, if they don't monetize that area, I can't. I can't imagine. What I can't imagine well, they're really going to have hard, jobs right? tomorrow. Instead of like eight ads per page, they can't put eight ads in that little chat box area. Also, I'd like to see them try. Yeah, <laughs> they might. They might. Penalize you know, and yourself. I, and I, as we know from Bing, they have no increase in market share, but they have a massive increase in GPU use of so 100 million. I think it's 100 million something. I don't know if it's users or you know inputs. I think it's a day, but. So they don't have increase in share. So people aren't coming to Bing to use it, but the people at Bing are using it. So that shows us that it, it, it could be quite damaging to the ad revenue because that means people aren't leaving the chat box. They're in the chat box all the time because they're running out of GPU. Bing is running out of GPU. Microsoft is running out of GPUs to run chat. I'm sure they'll get plenty in, but still, that's a lot of use. There's and a GPU, GPT joke in there, and I just can't quite circle the square <laughs> on it. But you know it's there. It's smelling. You know it's there. It's so there. So and uh, um, yeah. So I, I think. But again, this also puts a lot of emphasis on what Google is looking for now. Uh, and the other side of AI is, uh, I saw a report from like some of the major newspaper publications this week. Like, we found 300 sites that auto-generated all their content for clickbait. I'm like, oh, you think there's just 300? <laughs> Well, honestly, could that could that content get any worse? I mean, all I wanted to know was, did the squirrel get the nut or not? That's all I want to know. I don't need to know the whole life cycle of a squirrel. Well, that's different. These are all like clickbait, you know. No, I, I know the one you talk. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Like yeah. um, uh, uh, the, the 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 photo from Woodstock that should never be seen, and suddenly you have to go through this long explanation of what Woodstock was. I just want to see the photo. Damn it. But but it was funny that these these publications because they're not in our industry were like, oh my gosh, they're already using it to generate clickbait yeah. farms, and I'm like, oh, they were doing that before with spinners, which was the pre AI version of having something write your content, and and now it's just going to be better written affiliate click paid well, content, and there's going to be millions of pages generated a day. There's not going to be just 300 sites. <laughs> in fact, the biggest losers out there have got to be the affiliate marketers. Like if anyone's going to yeah. get wasted by AI fast, it's going to be them. Yeah, because you have to put in, you're going to have to put in personal information. And that that leads to the perspectives portion of the Google I.O., which is um, they are going to, uh, as I'm going to read this directly so I don't miss anything. Um, Google said the perspectives will give you long and short form videos, images, and written posts that people have shared on discussion boards, QA sites, and social media platforms. And again, this is where I think there's an ethical issue. <laughs> People are not expecting their stuff to show up on Google search. But they have a mobile version of this where it's like the person and their video and then information about that person. And then it's all surfaced in this like two column, it's really hard to describe, but two columns of like, you know, boxes that have the person's information with what they whatever they found from whatever source. But what is that all? That is all personal human information which means not ai content so uh, i really think that people i see a lot of people like we're just generating with AI. it's great it's awesome and yeah for a while that's gonna work but then it's not i think 
that's my opinion. Uh, but Google's helpful content update was not necessary. We had the Panda for low, low quality content that was incorporated into the core results years ago, or core ranking factors years ago. So why did they make helpful content? And why does most of helpful content definitely apply to what AI cannot do? And why are all these new AI functions talking about personal experience and going out to things like blogs and comments to pull information? Because they want to, they want to, they want to downplay any AI content. So not that AI content can't rank, but again, and and again, it really, really uh, depends on how that content's used and deployed. Um, if if it's your core content, if it's what you're offering the world as your explanation of your product, service, or thing, no, not so good. But if it's supplementary information, like is it generally nice weather? Yeah, that that's mightn't fine. be bad. Titles and metas are fine. There's not even enough words in there for them to determine anything. But, uh, but like I said, uh, I, I think I would be careful about any of your important uh, make you money or make give you a lot of visits pages being totally written by AI. No, again, um, open it to AI and um, write prompts into your content. I'm not sure how that's going to look or how that I'm, 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 I'm got to think about it and write about it. A lot more like write it into into client content to see what we can and cannot push but i'm telling christine it's got to be it's the trigger has to be in what the thing is reading or the information it's being fed so schema will will push stuff into it or the prompt that you write has the way i'm sorry the the, the way that the persuasion that you write with has to draw people to your page how you do that i don't know yet yeah there's a lot we don't know yet uh, okay. I think it'd be really hard pressed to be making definitive statements right now about any of this, to be honest. Well, the one definitive statement we can make is we are in our final minutes. I know that we have oh, a no. hard stop at the top of the hour and we have a freight train um, that is um, filled with all sorts of different chemicals and all sorts of different cars. And it's got some live passengers on it too. And it's barreling down the tracks. And I'm not quite sure the people driving the train are, um, fully conversant in the engines they're uh <laughs> they're running <laughs> and this is very true so uh do we have we don't have time for one more story do we, we probably do if it's if, it, if it's a quickie we probably do oh is it the core see. web vitals one yeah that's a good thing for people to know i would think and then uh i'd like to real quick jump in the air tag thing okay um there's going to be a uh, new um uh, 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 Core Web Vitals is going to be introduced um, several months from now, nine, nine, nine months from now, March 2024. Um, interaction to Next Paint, um, it's going to be uh, 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 replacing um, uh, 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 um, FID. FID. Yeah. Um, basically, pages with um, less than 50 interactions in total. Uh, the NIP will be the interaction with the worst latency. So if you have less than 50 interactions, the, the very slowest craptastic one, that's going to be your uh, interaction to next paint. For ones with many interactions, it's going to be the uh, an average, the 98th percentile of interaction latency. Um, the bottom line is how long does it take to get from point A to point B? That's what they want to measure. Um, and I think it's actually a really good measure. I'm, I'm, I, I like this one. Yeah, I don't know enough about it yet to really know how I feel about it. <laughs> I just theoret theoretically, it's a smart idea. 
I think it's it's a, it's a pretty smart oh, idea. Oh yeah. Oh, this is yeah. This is the one where I they I don't think originally they were going to call it that because it had a different name a year or so ago. But uh, yeah, this is how fast the page responds to your click. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um. The 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 air tags. This was a neat one. Yeah. So as many I'm sure a lot of women know, uh, there has been an issue with air tags from Apple. Uh, where they can take these tags and put them on a vehicle and it can track you home. So Apple made it so if the AirTag is X, I don't know how many feet from the device, then it will alert um, you in your car with your Apple phone that there's an AirTag around you that is not near the owner of the AirTag. So that was only an Apple feature. Um, Google doesn't, you know, Google couldn't do anything about Apple tags except they decided to partner and in I.O. they released that Google now will have the uh, Android will be have the ability to tell you if there is an Apple AirTag away from its phone in your vicinity. So if somebody tags your car or your what purse or anything that you own and uh, and that phone is not close, then it will alert your phone that there is an AirTag without an owner. I don't so know exactly how the implementation is going to work, but that's the basic idea. Basically, this is a cooperative thing between Apple and Android, and they're this is for, for women's safety. I think it's general safety, you know. But yes, I think the original issue came with women because there were women that were being stalked oh, good. by putting air tags on vehicles, and there was no way for the women to know except to check their car, and you could put the air tag anywhere that a woman couldn't find it. But so in this I think case, only if they had an Apple device. Now, if well, they also have an Android device, well, you could always put the air tag on. No matter, but you had to have an Apple device to read it. Yeah. 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 But, so, but, but when they put in the safety measure that if the phone is so far from the Apple device, it alerts mm. you know, the phones around it, the Apple phones around it, that it's got an air tag around you and there's no device. Um, it was only for Apple. So now on Android, you'll be able to do that too. So if I get in my car and I get an alert that there is uh, an, an air tag with no device near it, uh, obviously it wouldn't be mine. I have an Android. Uh, so I can now know I need to look for an air tag on my car, and I need to get rid of it or my vicinity, wherever I happen to be. Well, good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Good for good on them. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good thing. Okay, we have gone. I'm, I'm glad we got that in. Actually, I'm really glad we got that announce that announcement in. Um, people should look up how to how to activate that on their Android devices. Okay, we gone full circle, full clock. It's top of the hour, and I know that Studio has a uh, another show that they got to record directly after ours. So, on behalf of Christine Schackinger from Site Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Um, you've been listening to Webcology recorded live to podcast um, on the fit on the eleventh of May, twenty twenty three. Special thanks to uh, Darren and Brandy, and to Brasco, who's who's sitting in the uh, studio seat today. Um, be well be kind to each other rank well and uh, we'll talk to you next week bye everyone
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.